Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. <laughs> Gone with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Once again, the act was supposed to take effect this year, 2021. Oh. Has it? No. What has happened? Lawsuits. The act is in place, so the lawyers who don't work for the government, they work on profit, yeah. are out there doing the work. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. I'm Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. Tammy Burns, have you ever heard in terms of royalties, music royalties, have you ever heard of the black box? The black box. The black box. I'll be honest with you. I, you know, it's, it's an unfair way of me to say it because I personally had not heard of it until I ran into one of these articles on Billboard magazine. No, I have not. What it is, is a series of royalties, both mechanical and performance, and we're going to tell you what all that means, but there's this, and I've said it before, I don't know that within a generation that musicians are going to be able to make a living actually playing music unless they're doing, what do you think, weddings or what they call restaurant musicians. So right. you're eating your hamburger and there's some troubadour up there with a guitar. Right. If you intend to make your living by releasing music, it seems that the world appears to be stacked against you. Yes. Well, there's this thing out there called the black box. And I understand you not hearing about it, but I also talked to a few of my music friends who indeed are attempting to make money by releasing music. Really? This idea. And then look, none of them want to be rich, hilltop houses driving 15 cars, so say Nickelback. <sighs> but the problem is that the system uh-huh. seems to be set up so that when you're dealing with international, when you're dealing with streaming, when you're dealing with these new methods of delivering music to people, yeah. there really are no rules that state this is how the artist will be paid. This okay. is how the artist will be protected. Which means that a lot of money does not have a specific path to get back to the artist. So at the end of the year, that money goes uncounted. What do you that, mean? Well, it, it goes into a pot that cannot be denoted specifically who gets the money. It's what they call legally unattributable. So at the end of the year, this unattributable money simply gets broken up and distributed 
to the music companies. Okay. Now, you would think the music companies would go, well, you know what? This is probably Fred Jones. I'll give Fred Jones the money. No. That's not what they do. They keep no. the money. Which is another reason why artists are not being paid on the music they have. So what I want to do today is explain to you the idea of the black box. Okay. What it is, how we're trying to fix it, and also how the Music Modernization Act, the MMA, which was passed in 2018, is attempting to fix it once again to try to create this idea that you can be a musician and you can actually make a living at it. Look, you've used the word fixed twice now. I think it it is fixed. Is it broken? It is. It's terribly broken, which the MMA attempted to fix, and we're going to talk about the MMA today, the Music Modernization Act, and we're going to talk about the fact that it, it really appears as if the music companies have found this grand method of keeping money that should have gone to their artists and I don't get me wrong for now and maybe the next few years they're going to be able to keep that money but there's going to come a point in time when the the big artists the Bruno Mars and all that right. are no longer drawing or are no longer playing so now you're dealing with these low mid-level artists mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Seriously, you don't have this giant person going out that human beings will spend $100 for. What do you do? I hadn't even thought of that. There's going to come a point where artists are going to have to be, and a lot of people are saying because of K-pop, because of all the the boy bands and such, that this is already starting. Music is going to have to create their heroes. Because without their heroes... There's nobody to create the money. Wow. And when the money isn't created, there's no black box. And I'll talk more about the black box. But that's my concern. What's happening? What is the black box? How are we trying to fix it? And how later in this world of music mm-hmm. can a person even make a living? And I'm not talking millions of dollars. I mean have a wife, have a husband, own a house, get kids, send them to college, the basics. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, because right now I have a friend who put up on Facebook the fact that he has dealt with his music and the bands he's been in. He has paid more money to the companies that track the music to get him royalties than he has made. (gasps) He is upside down, he dude. He is upside down. So, look, we got to play some music. I've been yakking for almost six minutes. We're going to play music today that talks about the music industry. This is one of my favorites. Sugarloaf, don't call us. We'll call you. Uh, do you remember the all-night creature? Stereo 92 here on Rock School. This week, which I'll bet the vast majority of you haven't heard of. If you're a musician and you have 
any dealings whatsoever in Europe or any dealings whatsoever with something outside of the music industry, commercials, television, what have you, you've probably run into this idea of the black box. Your money has become what's known as unattributable. In the music industry, mm -hmm. there are really two types of royalties that a performer is interested in. Those are performance royalties and mechanical royalties. Okay. Performance royalties are paid to songwriters and their publishers in exchange for the right to broadcast or perform a copyrighted musical composition. So, for example, you have a song. Somebody wants to use it for a television show. Somebody wants to use it for a commercial. Apple's the big thing. A lot of people... TikTok is another one. Right. That's performance royalty. They want to use your song. Okay. Mechanical royalties are then royalties that are generated each time a musical composition is reproduced. Meaning, physically reproduced, meaning I want to put it on a Greatest Hits album, hmm. or digitally, meaning on-demand streaming or download to own services. There are still services out there that sort of act like Apple Music. I don't want to stream the music, and I don't understand why someone would want this. Right. It's like going on, uh, what do you call it, Prime or something else, mm -hmm. where it says you can either rent the movie or you can own the movie. Yeah. I think most people would just rent the yeah, movie. Yeah, I don't want to own it. Yeah, just given the, the chance at it. Because when you're talking about streaming and such, you're not paying for the music. Right. You're paying for access gotcha. to the music. Gotcha. So every year, this pile of cash cannot be attributed. They don't know who owns it. I think they do. They just refuse to claim they do and it usually doesn't go to the artist because at the end of the year they split that puppy up and then send it to each one of the music publishers and you say to yourself really how much money can it be how much money can it be well look i have no idea about the performance royalties because that hasn't been published but the mechanical royalties have been published mm -hmm. last year $424 million was there to be distributed. Oh, my gosh. It is said that it's possible that each year we're talking $1.2 billion. Oh. So here's a question. How does this music become unattributable? Well, the main concern and where most of the music is hidden, and I'm using that word on purpose, there's a difference between United States and foreign pay laws. For example, radio broadcasters do not have to pay a mechanical royalty in the U.S. However, foreign broadcasters do. But who do they pay it to? They're foreign broadcasters. I don't know. So it goes into the black box. Oh, my God. It goes into the kitty. Now, here's the problem. There mm -hmm. is this thing called notice of intent, which says, hey, you know what? I don't know where this music goes, but I'm, I'm going to find it out. I swear I'm going to find it out. So what they do is they write a notice of intent. And you think to yourself, well, good for them. They're going to do the work. No, they don't. They just stick it in the box. Every year, hundreds of thousands of multiple notices of intent right. are thrown at the copyright place. They they can't cover it. So what they do is they say, okay. And they just, so they, the people who have the music, just kind of wait for the year to end. And once the year ends, all oh, this music is unattributable. Cut, 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 cut. Out to Sony, out to Verizon, out to what have you. Wow. That's the black 
box. Okay, what are we doing about it? Heck of a question. We are trying. We are trying to do things, and I'll tell you what that is. We're playing music about the music business and the power of music. Here's Triumph, Canada's rock band, and the magic power here on Rock School. Something's at the edge of your mind. You don't know what it is. Something you were hoping to find. You're not sure what it is. I'm going to take one more break and I'm going to tell you more about where this money comes from that goes into the black box. We've already talked about the difference between foreign broadcast and our broadcast. We've talked about notices of intent. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to find the holder and you never do. Right. Here's another one. If a company, say Sony or EMI is global, Mm-hmm. Royalties are not paid to Sony US or Sony London. They're just paid to Sony. Okay. So once these are paid to the company, the company sees them as paid. Except they don't then take the step to figure out who has or should be paid by this. Right. They're simply marked as paid, which means the money does not show up on any kind of a, what do we do with this ledger? Well, that's wrong. You're right. Uh, when other companies buy rights to music, say Spotify pays in advance to have access to a catalog. Yeah. But at the end of the contract, there's money left over. Yes. Instead of that money being then given to the artists, they're held on to oh, by the companies. My gosh. Uh, streaming royalties, Many of the big music companies own part of the streaming corporation. For example, Sony owns part of Spotify. Mm -hmm. Why should they pay when it's their music? So to fight royalties to make sure their people get paid, they're literally fighting themselves. Uh. So they don't. I'll give you one more. Mm -hmm. U.S. songwriters who sell their music internationally but are not signed to a publishing company with representation abroad become what they call lost writers. And they lose all their mechanical royalties. It's something called neighboring royalties. So if you're represented by BMI here, Mm -hmm. but you're not represented by CSAC... Over in Europe, yes, your royalties have nowhere to go, except uh, in the black box. The black box, and the last one. There is no worldwide database of music. It is said this is on purpose. They want to simply keep the cracks mm. at which music can simply fall into. Oh. And and again, it, I understand this. It's business. They're not doing anything specifically illegal. They're doing things that are unethical. Yeah, they are. So my question then becomes, once again, let's go 10 years in the future. Now, right. now Bruno Mars is really the only huge... Katy Perry, maybe... Mm-hmm. Oh, what's her name? Paparazzi. Lady Gaga. Yeah. Madonna's not out there anymore. No, she's, and she's gone. The, the, the classic rock people aren't out there anymore. Where are the new people coming from? Mm-mm. Are they literally coming up 
through the earth, meaning that the listeners listen to them and go, this is fantastic. I want them to be a hit. Or are these contrived people, which I believe a lot of the K-pop is? These are cans of soup that we are being sold. Goodness. Do you, do you, am I correct or am I out in left field? No, I think you're right. All right. Now we got to play a song. Uh, how about this one? So you want to be a rock and roll star? I don't know that you can do it. No, here's the, don't do it. Here's the birds here on Rock School. Coming into the first break, haven't we tried to fix this in the past? Multiple times. Haven't we attempted to track the music digitally? Yep. Yes. Uh, Audio fingerprinting was created. It was basically a red flag. People would simply take the music and they would change it from wave to MP3 or to something else. And the flag would go away. Audio watermarking basically gave the songs information on a computer, which means once you arrived at a computer, you could separate it. Right. Now you're no longer with it. We also tried DRM, digital rights management. Here's the problem with all of these. The major companies, Sony, Verizon, all of that, are all scared off by them because they, quote, had the ability to harm audio quality, Mm. which means to me that you're lying. I don't think that's true because research after research has said, hey, here's a song in MP3. Okay. Here's a song in Wave. Mm -hmm. Okay. Much better quality. Right. Here's a song in MP1. And yes, there's MP1, 2, 3, 4. They skipped a couple, and we're all the way up to, I think, 7 now. But the idea of unbelievable quality, MP3 quality, really crappy quality, nobody complained. If it was free, nobody complained. Wow. So this idea of it's going to screw up audio quality, I think, was used as a, uh, and I don't want to do it, DRMs, that's the digital rights management stuff, were taken off by Apple Music because Apple Music didn't want to harm their audio quality, which means when Apple Music would refuse to take music that had DRMs, there were over two billion tunes from the number one distributor of music that didn't have the DRM, which means they became completely untrackable. No way. How about that? Black box. The problem is all fighting comes from outside the music companies because they don't want to give up the music. So let's look at this logically. A company signs a band. Mm -hmm. The band records some stuff. It's digitized. It is sent out to commercials, television shows, what have you. The band then realizes they are being screwed out of royalties, which means they have to go fight the people who signed them. How is this at all logical? These are the people should be protecting them. These are the people that should be making them happy so they make more music. 
You can't gain more royalties because the people who signed you are fighting for you. We're going to get later in this hour. There's a whole bunch of companies that will take you on as a client to fight the very people that signed you to distribute your oh music. Oh my gosh. That I'm telling you, go 10 years in the future, Bruno Mars, Lady Gaga, there's the only one. Where are the new people? Are they really good or are they just being created because they smiled and said, yeah, we'll give 90% of everything to you? Wow. Who's listening to us? KSRQ, Thief River Falls, Minnesota. Excellent. Back in a minute here on Rock School. All right, coming out of the break, all right, who are the big people fighting this black box? Well, there's one called Song Trust, headed up by Molly Newman. She was a drummer for Brat Girl. If you if you know the different subgenres, she was a riot girl. Yeah. It's like four R's there. Grr. It collects royalties from 90 countries and 20,000 unique income sources worldwide. It also collects from CD Baby and The Orchid. However, you have to pay to get your royalties. My gosh. Costs $100 to join, and they keep 15% of all royalties that should be yours anyway. Well, you have no choice. I get it, but are you kidding me? The people that have signed you are not fighting to keep you paid and happy? No. Doesn't a happy artist create better music? Do they care? Why would you get into this? And I know what people are going to say. Well, just put your music up on Spotify, CD Baby. Put your music up on, you know, uh, whatever. Right. Well, you're dealing with something now called the glut. You may be fantastic. The problem is there are 10,000 other people who spent $400 for a microphone, a guitar, and Pro Tools. Yep. And they can put their stuff up as easy as you can. Bandcamp. You're you're fighting against anything. And what do you do? Use your Facebook people? Okay, what do you got, 1,000 people? Let's say they all listen twice. Oh, man. Is that going to do anything for you? No, 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 no. See what I'm getting at? Yeah. Here's the one that most people think is going to be the savior if there is such a thing. It's called Sonic Key by a company called Sonic Data. It was created by a fellow named Simon Gorgerly. He won a Grammy for his work with U2, and he is the core tech behind Sonic Key. Mm -hmm. It is a tracking piece of software that when applied to files becomes part of the music, not a secondary section, which is what everything else did. And no matter what you do, change it from wave to MP3, MP3 to flack or what have you, it stays and produces zero loss of data. So here we go. Okay. You can track your music okay so okay what? so Great. what here's the thing it costs nothing to have this thing laid into your music all right i believe wholeheartedly it costs nothing now right because they're trying to get people attached to it yes but later it will but let's say we're here now you then have to buy the tracking Oh, they'll they'll put a fingerprint on it oh, for you, no. but you have to pay the tracking, and the tracking appears to be quite good, and you can use it to fight record companies to get your records. Let's break that down. Mm-hmm. 
it's going to cost me for you to track my music, yeah. which the record company should be doing. Yes. Then when I take your data, it's going to cost me more to fight the music company to get my royalties. Why are we always fighting the record company? I don't Why? understand it. Is it is it possible that this simply you will defeat the number of royalties you get with the money it costs to track and to fight the record company. If that's the problem, then I can't imagine somebody going into music business. Never. I can't. Here's Hart. Barracuda. Here on Rock School. All right, coming out of heart, uh, there you go, Barracuda. Ooh, Barracuda, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Joe Burns, you are? Tammy Burns. Welcome to the bottom of the hour. We're talking about the black box, the fact that a lot of royalties, specifically those that are dealing with music across the pond, are going into this slush fund, which at the end of the year, it is unattributable, so it is gone. Therein lies the major problem. You gotta fight for your royalties. Now, wait a minute. I thought my job was to tour mm-hmm. and play concerts and write hits and make money by doing that. But now you expect me to become a lawyer? You don't have a business degree. I, I don't have an anything degree. I know. I I'm know. A, I'm a fantastic songwriter. People like me. Why Why do I have to fight you to be paid? Can you imagine going to work at McDonald's and at the end of your 40-hour shift, you have to go fight McDonald's to get no. your money? No. Why do we allow this? It says here companies are set up to accept and look into claims. They are tune registry and royalty claim. Here's the problem they cost. Mm-hmm. I get it. You can hire somebody to do this work for you, but yeah. why on earth do you have to do that? You are, again, paying to get royalties you should have been paid anyway. Yes, they have accounts, but they're free searches. You find the information, and they'll more than pleased to give you the information, but then the selling point is, well, okay, now hire us to fight for you. You shouldn't have to fight for us. Especially in this world of the computer that we live in. I believe wholeheartedly that we are a generation away from people, literally, but for those who live right at the poverty line, who play five nights a week at a wedding or a a, a restaurant or Mm -hmm. what have you. And I have a lot of friends that are doing that. That's how you make your living doing it. Where are the hits coming from? They're contrived. They're, they're, for some reason, this company has decided these are the people. And I think you're going to find a lot more K-pop mm-hmm. because they can do a lot more For less. shady stuff right. if the person is coming from Bangladesh oh, yeah. rather than Cleveland. Ooh. All right, let's do seven days and 70 seconds. Here are the rock and roll dates, September 27th, all the way through, believe it or not, October number three. Go, Tammy. September 27th, 2007, in Charlotte, North Carolina, Wolfgang Van Halen becomes the new touring bassist of 
Van Halen. Don't get me wrong. He's a fantastic bassist. Move he on. He really move is. Move on, move on. It should have been Michael Anthony. Stop it. September 28, 1968, Hey Jude hits number one on the charts. It's going to stay there for nine weeks. It'll make the longest number one single for the band. September 29, 1976, at his 41st birthday party, Jerry Lee Lewis shoots his bassist, Norman Owens, in the chest twice. Okay, look, once I can look at him and go, okay, oops, twice? I know. You know, it's like Johnny Dangerously. I get invited to the wrong parties. I'm I'm sorry, did I get you? Yeah, right? (laughs) September 30th, 2002, Rolling Stones release, 40 Licks. October 1, 1947, Bing Crosby. Remember him? I do. Broadcast the first ever pre-recorded radio show when he airs his Philco Radio Time Show on ABC Network. October 2, 1954, Elvis performs at the Grand Old Opry. The talent guy for the Grand Old Opry, his name is Jim Denny, tells him, you're not very good, you should go back to riding a truck. <laughs> Elvis will never no. play the Grand Old Opry again. October 3, 2003, School of Rock opens up in theater starring Jack Black. Mm-hmm. Okay, what are we going to do? Yes. The government... To the rescue! Come on now, come on! Supposedly this has all been repaired in the Musical Works Modernization Act. Okay, Joe, what is that? You've mentioned it multiple times. Hang tight, we're going to talk about it. Did they do it? Um... No? No. Here's Barroom Blitz by the Sweet Rock School. Coming into the second break, I have mentioned the Music Modernization Act. I've mentioned it multiple shows, but I've never gotten into what it is. MMR, let me tell, or the MMA, the Uh Music Modernization Act. Let me give you the very specifics if you want to read it. It was put out by Orrin Hatch and Bob Goodlieb. They created this as H.R. 1551, and it was signed into law October 11th, 2018, under... President Trump. It is in generally three sections. Here's section one. It would set up, and I'm I'm giving you just sort of the Fisher-Price version of it, because if you go read it, it's much lawyerese. I hate to say Wikipedia, but Wikipedia really does break it down. They broke it down, pretty huh? Pretty quick and pretty nice. Section one would set up a nonprofit governing agency that would create a database related to the owners of the mechanical license of the musical works and the copyright that covers the composition and lyrics of the song. Mm-hmm. Essentially erasing the black box. Right. This was again passed in 2018. It was supposed to have been underway in 2021. Your government at work. Guess, ask me what the name of the group is that's supposed to be doing this. What's the name of the group? It doesn't exist. What? It would also set up blanket fees from which people are paid for performance. And depending on how you interpret the words, read the original. It could mean a blanket license for samples. Not sure, though. Oh. 
That's the problem. You're relying on the government. Really? Will they do a stunning job? I don't know. Have you been to the DMV lately? Yeah, I have. If you have a profit margin behind it, and, and please don't get into, oh, Joe, you must be a screaming liberal, or you have to be a gun-loving conservative. I am about as neither as you can be. But I do think if you put the government in charge of something, there's no profit there. Uh So there's no sort of kick in the tail if you don't get it done. There's three sections. The second one states, assures that songwriters are paid a portion of mechanical license royalties for either physical or digital reproduction of their song and their lyrics. That's where the vast majority of the lawsuits are coming thanks to the MMA, the Music Modernization Act. It's it's alive into 2021 or right. 2021. So you can create lawsuits off of it. Right. People are saying they're not being paid. And and there's one more that I want to get into and there's a couple sub things which I think we think we're just sort of hung on to it as uh, what do you call them? Ornaments mm-hmm. just to come along with the bill. So we'll finish up the bill after the break. Who is listening to us? Radio Universidad, Salamanca, Spain. You can tell I'm upset over this. Yeah. Because once again, in a in a, a generation, yes. are we only going to listen to bands the music company thinks are great? Can uh, there, can it there, looks like it's going that can way. Can there not be just this band out of Cleveland is great and this groundswell? I, I get it. Put your music up on Spotify, up on Bandcamp, up on what have you. The problem is the glut. The glut. Everybody with a few hundred dollars can make their own music. Yep. You got to fight through it. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Coming out of the break, let's talk further about the MMA, the Music Modernization Act. Once again, you want to look it up. H.R. 1551 signed into law October 11th, 2018. There is a third section that revamps the court process for disagreements over royalties. Previously, there was only a single judge in the United States District Court for the Southern District of New York that was assigned to do this. So you had to wait till he was done with everything else and then deal with him. The MMA states that there would be a series of judges and the bill would assign this series of judges to each one randomly. No. Little faster. It didn't happen. Little faster. And of course it didn't happen. There is also inside of this, this is not part of sections one, two, or three, but there is also the Classics Act, which is this idea of if you recorded a song before 1972, you probably won't get paid royalties. Well, oh. that's, that's supposed to start happening. Oh. There is also the Producers Act. The producer should be seen as an equal in creating the song and should receive royalties. Well, that's in there as well. Once again, the act was supposed to take effect this year, 2021. Has it? No. What has happened? Lawsuits. The act is in place, so the lawyers who don't work for the government, they work on profit, are out there doing the work. My goodness. The big one is Eminem saying his songs weren't paid when streamed, and they're asking under the MMA Act... 
for, look, give us a random judge. Wow. Time to do this. And the government's going, They're coughing, huh? I guess so. Play that funky music, white boy. It's uh, Wild Cherry here on Roxbury. Coming into the last break, talking about Black Box, I ran into some websites that stated, look, if you can't make your living as a person gaining royalties anymore, yeah, what can you do? Yeah, right. Look, I'm not a professional musician. I play now and again. I had a gig last weekend. Uh, you know, I don't have any lined up. I'll probably have one within the next two weeks. But it has nothing to do with my life. No. You know, if I make an additional 150 bucks and they give me a couple beers to play. You do a lot of stuff for free also. Correct. Well, I, I do I do mixing and things like that. But I have a full-time job. And so yeah. do you. Yeah. But if you're looking to make your living doing this, here are some suggestions I found on the intraweb. If you are hired as an artist, make sure you're hired on salary. Do not take money uh, as a royalty. I do that as well because I do a lot of voiceover work uh-huh. and I have the ability to be paid a flat fee. In fact, the vast majority of it is flat fee, right. but sometimes they give me the ability. And if you read uh, for, why can't I come up with it? Um, oh, come up with it. Books and novels and things like that, Yeah. which I don't do. It's just too much time. Right. But if you read for that, sometimes the deal is we'll give you a percent or a half a percent of the sales. Mm-hmm. I would never take that. Right. I get it. You may make the, the book may become an international bestseller and sell seven billion copies. But more than likely, it won't. Right. How about you just give me my $1,500 and I go away? Nice. Says here, sell your future royalties to an investor like SongVest, which means you get a chunk of change up front. And then remember, the rest of your existence, no matter what you write, they take it. Mm, mm, mm. Nasty. Yeah, you kind of basically have to say... I'm not going to have that hit. It feels like you're selling yourself. It certainly does. It says here, join the Open Music Initiative to help work towards a more open music world. No. I No. no. That's not my job. Nope. My job's to pack my stuff up show five up. nights a week, show yep. up, play, make people happy, collect my check, and leave. Yeah. And then put music up, put on an album, and gain royalties. That's not what I'm doing. It says here, look into ways to make money that don't rely on royalties. Do weddings. I know people that, musicians, mm-hmm. who said, if I have to go to a wedding and play Brown Eyed Girl, I would rather oh. jump off a bridge. Oh. It's bothersome to me. So that wraps it up. I'm Joe Burns. I am Tammy Burns. Okay, good enough. That's it. Class is dismissed. If you're driving into town with the dark.